everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast with your host, me, Cole Haight. For all you first-time listeners, welcome. Uh, for everyone who listened to my first two episodes already, thank you for coming back and listening again. Today, we are going to talk about fantasy football. So, if you're unfamiliar with fantasy football, but you're a huge sports fan, or if you're a fantasy nerd like I kind of am, uh, this is going to be a great episode for you. So, in the midst of football teams being off for about a month before training camps start, we're going to take a look at a few players and a few position groups, and we're going to try and diagnose how they're going to perform this year in terms of fantasy. So, if you're unfamiliar with fantasy... Uh, PPR leagues, points per reception, so wide receivers get a point for each catch they have, and then they'll get .1 points for every yard they have in a game. Touchdowns are the same score they are in the game, actually, so six points for a touchdown. Similar for running backs as well with the same point system. So we're going to go through a few players today that I've looked at based on things that may have possibly changed on their team through the last season or possibly some projections on how they're going to do this season. So the title of this is going to be a fantasy stud or a fantasy dud. Let's get started with the fantasy stud. So number one on the list, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had a fantastic season last season, performed well above anything that you could ask for in fantasy and in the, in actual statistics for the game. Travis Kelsey is basically uncoverable. The guy can block. He runs amazing routes for being as big as he is and for being a tight end. Travis Kelsey is wanted by every fantasy owner and every football fan on their football team. So let me run through a few things here. This is very interesting. So when I was looking up statistics for Travis Kelsey, so Travis Kelsey had more touchdowns last year than Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. He had more receiving yards than Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf. And he had more receptions than Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, and Justin Jefferson. All those eight wide receivers that I just named are all not tight ends. And not only are they not tight ends, but they're all Pro Bowl caliber players. Travis Kelsey is an all-star. I would give up a lot of players to get Travis Kelsey on on my football team if I was an owner, as a fan, as a fantasy owner. Last season, I drafted Travis Kelsey at the end of the first round in fantasy, and he got me more points than most people got from any of their first-round draft picks. So Travis Kelsey is definitely a solid pickup. I would say if you can snag him in the second round at some point, get him. If you have to get him at the end of the first round, you're not going to be disappointed. So definitely pick him up. So your next fantasy stud, Calvin Ridley. So you guys all have heard, or if you have not, Julio Jones is gone in Atlanta. He is now in Tennessee. So Calvin Ridley is going to get the rest of those targets. Every target that was going to go to Julio Jones is going to go to him now. They have Russell Gage. They did draft Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts is a very interesting wedge in Calvin Ridley's game. So this could go one of two ways. I think Kyle Pitts is going to see a decent amount of targets 
and I think he's going to have a decent year, but I feel like he's good enough to take some of the attention away from Calvin Ridley. And Calvin played pretty much last season. Julio Jones was out for about half the season last year, maybe even a little more than half the season. So if that's the case, then Calvin Ridley's going to get even more targets than he did last season, and he had a lot of targets. He was fifth in yards last season. So him being fifth in yards – even with and and that was with Julio Jones still on the field and Julio Jones didn't have a bad year. He was hurt, but he still in the games that he was in, he was still targeted. Uh, I know he had at least two two touchdown games, uh, one against my Minnesota Vikings. So without Julio Jones there and Matt Ryan's on like a prove it now, he's he's on his way out. I believe. I think he has two years left on his deal with guaranteed money. So. Matt Ryan's going to be there, and he's going to try to do whatever he can to outperform anything he did in the previous two seasons. So it's going to be a prove-it year for Matt Ryan, and Calvin Ridley's going to perform really well. So if you're if you're looking at Calvin Ridley, he's he's definitely top three, top four in terms of fantasy statistics for a wide receiver, I believe. And I've been I haven't seen anything that would rank him anything worse. So so that's Calvin Ridley. Next fantasy stud, Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin played for the Washington football team last season. He had a decent amount of targets. Uh, The problem with Terry McLaurin last season is they went through a lot of shifts in terms of starting quarterbacks. The Washington football team started three different quarterbacks last season. They started Dwayne Haskins. They started... Kyle Allen, and they started Alex Smith. Alex Smith coming back from his injury was more or less a dump-off quarterback, which is why they had a lot of running back receptions last season, especially towards the end of the season. Um, So I don't – with Ryan Fitzpatrick getting picked up and presumably the starter, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. So as as a gunslinger, Terry McLaurin has amazing hands from Ohio State. He played with uh, or against some really, really good corners that are now in the in the NFL right now that came out of the Big Ten and as he played SEC opponents in college. Terry McLaurin's an amazing wide receiver, and he's going to see a lot of targets. And the more targets you see, the better chance you have to catch them all. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to give him that opportunity to get into at least the top ten in terms of points scored in fantasy this season. Another pickup they had was they picked up Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is a speed threat. He's really, really, really fast and is one of those end-around gadget play guys who can also play wide receivers. So the fact that he's even on the field with Terry McLaurin will, I believe, open it up a little bit for him. So Terry McLaurin's going to have a really decent season, which is why he made my fantasy studs list. Number four, so I might take some heat for this one. So Saquon Barkley. So Saquon Barkley grew up right down the road from me. He went to uh, high school in one of my high school's divisions. So Saquon has been very injury prone since he's been in the NFL. He's he's gotten a lot of heat for having a lot of negative runs and also big hit runs, which is why his average yards per carry looks a little off. 
This reminds me of another player that I watched my entire childhood, and that would be Adrian Peterson. So Adrian Peterson and Saquon Barkley are very similar in terms of running. Adrian Peterson never caught the ball out of the backfield or did anything in terms of being a receiver like Saquon does, which is why his upside is so high in fantasy. But Adrian Peterson could have four four or five carries in a row that are negatives and then hit you for an 80-yard run, similar with Saquon Barkley. And he has the, the opportunity to catch screens and also run routes. So I've been watching his rehab for his ACL. Looks like he's projected to come back close to week one. He might miss one or two games, depending on if he's ready to go or if he still needs a little bit more rehab with that ACL. But... I'm feeling it for Saquon, and I might be a little biased because he's a hometown kid, but I'm pushing for Saquon this year, and I'm thinking he's going to be a top three, top four back this year in fantasy and overall statistics. So I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that that he comes out hot. There's no solid number two on that team for a run, for in terms of running back, so he's going to see most of the carries. And the fact that he they picked up Kenny Galladay. As a big target, big play threat might open up the defense a little bit as if they would play maybe towards nine people in the box on defense. But now because of Kenny Galladay, they might drop one or two out. So he'll see some seven, seven or eight man boxes. It's better than nine. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm thinking that Saquon's going to be a big hit for fantasy this season. All right, your next fantasy stud, Darren Waller the tight end from the Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller is a ginormous human being, and he has wonderful hands. So hes I would compare him similar to Travis Kelsey. However, his blocking ability isn't as good as Kelsey's, and his routes are very close. He, the, the Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver staff consists of Henry Ruggs and a bunch of people I have no idea who they are. I don't believe they picked up anybody in free agency. So it's going to be Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller and Derek Carr trying to find one of those two people. I remember watching a game last season with with my buddy Greg. They were playing the Chiefs. He was targeted on like eight straight plays, which is unbelievable for a tight end. Not even Travis Kelsey gets targeted on eight straight plays. So it's it's pretty amazing, and and his his speed is pretty good for a tight end. His catch radius is good. His targets that he sees are good, and his statistics last season made him a top three tight end. With George Kittle being hurt for decent a decent amount of the season, so Darren Waller is going to be up there. He had 107 catches last season. His size is unbelievable in terms of who he's going to be up against and who's going to be guarding him. So you you figure if he's a tight end and he's going to be off the line, he's going to get either a, a weak side safety or he's going to get a linebacker. And he's going to outperform either of those players given the opportunity on about 28 out of the 32 NFL teams. All right, and my last fantasy stud, Najee Harris. So the rookie coming out of Alabama. So Najee Harris is going to see 100% of the the plays in terms of a starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. They have nobody else worth anything on that team at the running back position. He's a dual threat, catches the ball out of the backfield at Alabama, set all the records. 
He's a small version of Derrick Henry in my eyes. And if I'm if I'm seeing it correctly, he's a small version of Derrick Henry that can catch the ball and get more targets in the passing game than Derrick Henry gets. So Derrick Henry can catch screens. You've seen him catch them and take them for touchdowns. But he only gets one target a game, if that. Najee Harris is going to get three, four, maybe five targets a game, plus maybe 20 rushes. So at at that play share that he's going to touch the ball, I'm 100% down to take Najee Harris. So I would say he's probably a top five back projected in fantasy this season. We'll see how they come out because it all it's all determined on if Big Ben can throw the ball or not. He restructured his contract this season to come back and play. He didn't look very good at the end of last season. So if they're going to lean more on the rushing game and try and preserve Big Ben to see if they can make a playoff run, I see Najee Harris having maybe 120 all-purpose yards a game, maybe 80 rushing, 40 receiving, possibly a touchdown or two, hit or hit or miss, depending. But he's looking like a pretty solid fantasy stud this season. All right, so now let's move on to the duds. So... Based on what I've been seeing and based on the situation of these teams, I would not pick up these players because they are going to be fantasy duds. So every single Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. So a lot of these projections I'm seeing coming out uh, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronkowski. So the fact that you have four of those players on the same offense, I would not draft any of those players in the top 10. In fantasy, I would not. There's too many options and too many ways to spread the ball around. If anybody knows how to spread the spread the wealth, it's Tom Brady, and he's going to do that. So unless you guys are seeing week one, week two, Tampa Bay, and he's favoring one of the two, it could easily swip, flip-flop either way. So Mike Evans could have six catches and then next game have one, or Chris Godwin could have ten catches and then come back and only have two. And Grock couldn't could go two games without getting targeted, but then all of a sudden have three touchdowns. You want solidarity on your fantasy football team with a decent chance of you getting decent points every week. And that's way too hit or miss for me. I'm out on all four. On Gronk, on Antonio Brown, on Chris Godwin, and on Mike Evans. They that screams the 7.1 curse. If you guys don't know what the 7.1 curse is, it actually happened with me because I had Mike Evans last season. He had one catch for one yard and a touchdown. That's 7.1 points in fantasy. And there's a good chance that all four of those players could get have the 7.1 curse multiple times based on the fact that Tom Brady is going to throw the ball a decent amount, probably about 35 times a game, and divide that by four, that's five targets. Five, yeah, five, six targets. You're not, you're, you're not capitalizing, and your ceiling isn't as high as it can be, and your floor could go lower than what you think it is. All right, next dud. All of the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. So Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gesicki, the tight end. So I don't believe a single. Life of me into a Tonga Vailoa. He hasn't shown me anything. Yes, everybody says he was hurt last season. His hip, his hip, his hip. Okay, I get it. But I do not believe that he can throw the ball down the field. And I also don't believe that he's going to pick one person to throw it to. 
Will Fuller and Devontae Parker are amazing players, but Tua Tonga-Vailoa threw the ball down the field more than 30 yards less than 10 times in 14 games. They're all deep play threats, all of them. He does have Jalen Waddle that he did play with at Alabama when they were both there, but he's still a rookie, so he's not just going to pick Jalen Waddle and just throw to Jalen Waddle and nobody else. And they didn't throw for that many yards a game last season, which limits the amount of fantasy points you can get. So I'm completely out on all the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. Completely out. And who knows how often they'll run. They ran with Miles Gaskin last year. He had an issue with COVID. They brought in uh, Ahmed. He played for a little bit. So I have no idea how often they're going to run. I'm completely out on drafting any to my fantasy team, I'm completely out on drafting any of the Miami Dolphins wide receivers or tight ends. Completely out. All right, next fantasy dud, Kenny Galladay. So it's a, it's a theme that you may see on most of these duds. So the theme is I don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I believe that if Daniel Jones doesn't show any type of Pro Bowl solid play on the field, they will bench him by Thanksgiving. He will have no shot because they've seen what he does and he loses the football and cannot perform. Yes, he's a little bit mobile. He can get around. He's young, but he went to Duke and he didn't throw the ball a lot at Duke. So that you're seeing what he did in college. You're just seeing it in a bigger scale in the in the NFL. I do not trust that. And Kenny Galladay had Matthew Stafford throwing him 50-50 balls. And his entire career in Detroit. You think Daniel Jones is going to throw him 50-50 balls? Constantly? No. With Saquon taken away, he's taken away receptions out of the backfield. He's taken away the fact that they're going to run the ball with Saquon. So there's a, a better chance of him throwing less passes a game. They're going to spread the wealth. They got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. They got to spread the wealth. So there's no there's no way that I'm taking Kenny Galladay, especially in the first two rounds. I mean, if he's available in round three, maybe I maybe I dabble and think about it. But there's no way I'm taking Kenny Galladay. All right, next fantasy dud. Irv Smith Jr. So much hype on my Minnesota Viking tight end. I've never seen a Vikings player have more hype than this dude. Coming and this isn't even during the season. This is in the offseason. So, Irv Smith's going to be the starting tight end since Kyle Rudolph made his departure to the New York Giants. There is no possible way that Irv Smith Jr. is going to get as many targets as all of these people I'm seeing on social media and and on NFL Live. They're saying that Irv Smith Jr. is having a breakout year. Wait, what? And what does that make you? Th- how, what makes you think that? He had four less than four targets a game last season. And he was on the field more than Rudolph was, so you might as well have called him the starting tight end. They got Thielen. They got Jefferson. They got Dalvin Cook. They didn't even sign a third wide receiver yet, which they might because they have $14 million in cap space left. So they might sign a wide receiver three. What if they signed D.D. Westbrook or Golden Tate? There's no way that Irv Smith Jr., he's going to be a hit or miss. And you're not taking a flyer 
it, it's, it's called a flyer. Like, you're taking a flyer, like, for one week, he'll be good, and then the next week, he'll get you nothing. I picked him up last season. He got me zero points in, like, three games. There's no way. that Everybody is so hype on them. And, biasly, I could say that I'm hype on him, too, but I don't believe it. There's no way. Irv Smith Jr. is not having a... He's, he might catch 35 balls, maybe at five touchdowns this season. Because they're gonna be Kirk Cousins is gonna be spreading the wealth if he can even stay alive in the pocket long enough to throw the ball and not fumble it or throw an interception. So I'm completely out on Irv Smith, and he is definitely a fantasy dud. All right, next fantasy dud: Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I am not taking any Kansas City Chief running back ever. Until Patrick Mahomes retires. They're going to be a pass-first offense with Andy Reid until they both, one of them leaves or both of them leave. Everybody was hype on him last season. People picked him up in the first round. Then they signed Le'Veon Bell, so then everybody picked up Le'Veon Bell, me being one of them. They didn't do anything. If you're picking anybody that's a Kansas City Chief, it better be the kicker or anybody on offense that's a wide receiver or Patrick Mahomes. Do not pick up a Chiefs running back unless we see him get 30 carries for 400 yards and five touchdowns in a game. Then I might pick him up. There's no there's no way I'm picking up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And there's, like I said, I've heard a lot of people so hype on him. But why? You know they pass the ball first. They're a pass-first offense. Why are you picking him? And they've still used multiple running backs, even if there's a clear number one running back that's healthy on the roster. So why are you up? That doesn't make any sense. Do not pick up Clyde Edwards-Alaire unless he's towards the end of your draft. So I'm thinking after the sixth round, maybe seventh round, I'm not going anywhere near him or any other Chiefs running back, to be honest with you. All right, last fantasy dud. The Indianapolis Colts wide receivers. So T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., and Paris Campbell coming back off injury. So Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell are two really young awesome wide receivers and T.Y. Hilton just re-signed who is a proven fantasy stud but this year they're all duds and you want to know why Carson freaking Wentz Carson Wentz needs to perform this is the only one that could possibly flip-flop from dud to stud we need to see at least three weeks of Carson Wentz not playing the way he played last season Right now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was in a bad location. He had a bad. He, he played a bad, few bad games. They started to they started to tell him that he was playing bad games, and then there was no support in the organization. And then they brought in Jalen Hurts, and then he could never get back on the field. Him and Doug Peterson didn't talk forever. Well, let's see what he does in with with his old coach Frank Reich in Indianapolis. If Carson Wentz comes out in the first three games and plays half decent and to and or close to what he played in his almost MVP season, then I'll change these from duds to studs. But other than that, I'm not touching anyone on the Indianapolis Colts, even their running back room. Because now you have Marlon Mack, you have Jonathan Taylor, and you have Naheem Hines. So we'll see what happens with the Indianapolis Colts. The thing is, I'm basing everything in that I can even project 
right now on the fact that Carson Wentz can throw the football and be a half-decent football player because I watched a half a season, if not three-quarters of a season last year, of him not be able to figure out how to play the quarterback position. So we'll see what happens with him. But I can update the duds to studs in the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver room and running back room if Carson Wentz can figure out how to play quarterback. Real quick, those are my fantasy studs and duds. So if you guys want to dabble into fantasy, if you haven't, or if you're looking for some advice and or direction on where to go, I hope you found the information useful. Um, Two things I wanted to bring up that really drove me kind of nuts that I saw in the news is Frank Clark, the defensive end from the Kansas City Chiefs, got arrested on gun charges because they found a mini Uzi in his car. Um, What? What? He's going to be facing some major jail time, and he's the best player on their defensive line. Or he's the best player on their defensive front seven, including the linebackers and defensive line. That's going to be a huge problem. We'll see what happens with him, whether there's going to be court, jail time, arrest charges. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on that. Also, Pennsylvania native Jalen Twyman just got signed by the Vikings in the draft in the sixth round. He got shot four times while visiting his grandmother in Washington, D.C. Why is this still happening? Like, how unlucky can you be? The dude just got drafted. He's 21, 22 years old. Just going to visit his grandmother in Washington, D.C. and four straight bullets catch him. He will be fine. He'll make a full recovery. And they said he should be good by the time training camp starts um, or by the time the season starts, depending on if he has a setback or not. But they were only flesh wounds, so he's okay. No major arteries hit. No major organs hit. So let's pray for Jalen Twyman. So um, other than that, Thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you are first-time listeners, please give me a like, comment, or subscribe on iHeartRadio. Search All in Man Cave Podcast and look for the green background with the gold set of microphones, uh, gold set of headphones with a microphone next to it. Uh, If you guys are multiple listeners, thank you for listening to my episodes. If you guys have any comments on what you want me to talk about, anything that you could give in terms of feedback, trying to make this the best podcast ever. So uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it so much. And have a good rest of your day. Later.